Welcome to the Dwelling Place Church audio podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message. We pray God speaks to you today through this message and through His Word. For more information about our church, be sure to visit us on the web at dwellingplacemovement.org. Now, it's time to listen to this week's message. This is Missions March, and Pastor Craig kicked us off last week with Don't Waste Your White Space. And if you weren't here, please go back and listen to it. And I'm going to piggyback a little bit off of what he kicked us off in and set the tone for. With that being said, I'm going to use as the the diving board, the springboard for what the Lord has put on my heart today, a passage found in Philippians 3 and verse 17. In fact, we are going to camp out in the book of Philippians primarily and see what Paul wrote there to the church at Philippi. And how what he wrote to them also speaks to you and I who are here today. And in Philippians 3 and verse 17, Brethren, join in following my example. And note, that means mark, those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. I want to preach a message to you today titled, Turned Out for What? Turned out for what? And if you're not privileged on why they're laughing, I'll fill you in here in a moment. With that being said, if you have not received a sermon card, you can put your hand up right now and one will be uh, given to you. Yes, one over there. Praise the Lord. Uh, As they're doing that, I do want to say that I just sensed today, I saw ourselves with hundreds of people. Hundreds of people gathering at DP Woodstock. I saw, as I was prayerfully worshiping this morning, the worship team just continuing to excel. And uh, I really don't care if we ever have a CD or that, but I'm telling you that, that such excellence of sound and fruitfulness and productivity of what the Spirit wants to be released through His people, uh, God's going to find a place right here. And it's going to continue to go from glory to glory. And you got to understand, as a church planner at heart, which I am, uh, more so than the typical of uh, what a pastor is, um, the early adopters I find such gratitude for. you got to understand that it's one thing once what I already see when we have hundreds of people gathering on Sunday and we have multiple, multiple musicians and teams and such a sound of the spirit of worship coming forth from the platform, it's easy then to get people to come and be a part. It's those that say, Lord, here am I in the early days willing to be used. And God takes people and just in their willingness and begins to fill them with His excellence of glory. And I sense that. I sense that in so many areas in our church. And I'm thankful for people who say, Lord, I might not be the best, but here I am. And God can bring about His best through us. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, with that being said, I want to preach turned out for what? Turned out for what? Did you know there are a lot of people who've been asking the question, turned down for what? I mean, Zach, it's a cultural phenomenon. They're asking it on Twitter, Facebook Live, asking it on Instagram. On social media, they're asking it to their friends, turn down for what? 
Now for those not as informed on this cultural phenomenon as others and those that chuckled, let me explain. To turn it up or turn up is an act is the act of getting drunk and getting high and being reckless. It's the idea of turning up that modern day teenagers mainly utilize or some adults that are still emotionally teenagers. They utilize this phrase mainly regarding the weekend to express their genuine excitement for the upcoming events. The word turnt, T-U-R-N-T, is a variation of turned. It's used only to describe when someone is excessively excited or prepared for the current event or the upcoming party or the weekend. And so to turn down means to see such activity, to start sobering up, to cease the activity of partying and serving various temporary pleasures and seeking temporary excitement. In fact, I think about how many people are seeking to be turned up, but they're not clear on how it's going to turn out. And there's a lot of people excited about turning it up, but they're not clear and sober-minded about how it's going to turn out. I think about me in the early days of seeking to hide my afflictions and dysfunctions and my hurt through substance abuse and escapism and how I began to turn up and began to seek partying and and seek uh, temporary pleasures and how you get high and you turn it up and then that's not enough. So then the next time you seek to turn it up a little more and then you seek to turn it up a little more and you're always seeking that next level of excitement and temporary lust. But let me tell you, the first time I turned it up, no one ever told me of how it was going to turn out. No one ever told me that you keep turning it up and you keep turning up sinful passions and sinful pleasures that it turned out with me in the psychiatric ward. No one will tell you as you begin to turn up sinful passions and pleasures where it's going to turn out. They're not going to tell you. They're going to say, turn down for what? Let's live for the now. And I thought as I began to think about this, I thought of Heather Land who was here recently for a, a ladies. Uh, event and a comedian I I thought about her saying I ain't doing it I ain't doing it I'm not going to get turned up for this temporary pleasure in fact I thought about her saying the only turn I want is that repentance kind that's the only kind I want to be turned from the dissipation and the flood of the way that this world is going and be turned to God through Jesus Christ. The only turning I want is the turning of my mind, the repentance and the turning of my will that cares more now for the will of God than living for the temporary will of man or will of this world. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? Anybody else been turned that way? Been turned from living from selfishness, living for various pleasures, living in lawlessness, and been turned to the living God to place faith in Jesus Christ in a relationship with Him. And this leads us to Philippians 3 and 17. He says, brethren, join in following my example. Know what example he's talking about? Some of it he's talking about how he was turned in repentance. Paul was living life how he thought pleased God. Paul was living life. He's afflicting and killing 
uh, responsible for uh, Christians being killed and imprisoned. And Pastor Craig talked about this last week and I'm going to piggyback on it. And then he says, and note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. Paul says, you have us as a pattern as people who are followers of Jesus Christ that have been sent into the world. That you have us, Paul says, me and my ministry team, you have us as a pattern of what it looks like to be sent back into a world, a world that says turn down for what? A world that says live for eternity for what reason? A world that says turn down living for self and temporary pleasures for what? Paul makes this bold assertion. He says, we're an example. We're a pattern for you, church at Philippi. We're a pattern. And Paul is, and his ministry team is not just a pattern for the church in Philippi, but he's a pattern for us here today. Pastor Craig, last week, he looked at the scripture where Paul says his conversion provides a pattern regarding the long-suffering of Jesus Christ. 1 Timothy 1.16. Paul says that my conversion and my salvation is a pattern to the long-suffering of Jesus Christ. It is a pattern that though I was not submitted to the righteousness of God, that though I was persecuting the church, that I am a pattern of how longing the Father is to save people. How longing the Father is to forgive people to be merciful to people, to release them from their debts and their bondage of sin. Paul says that my conversion is a pattern of God's salvation. A pattern. We heard of the difficulties last week, the sufferings that Paul went through as a sent apostle of Jesus Christ. In fact, the word apostle just means sent one. The word apostle just means sent one. Paul was apostle because he was sent by Jesus Christ. He was sent by Jesus Christ. Now before you ask, no, not everyone is an apostle or called to function as an apostle like Paul. He clarifies that in 1 Corinthians 12, 29 where he asks the question, he says, it's a rhetorical question, are all apostles? The answer is no. Not everybody can function as an apostle, but here's the deal. Listen, for those of you that are born again followers of Jesus Christ, as people sent by the Lord Himself to be involved in the Great Commission, we are all apostolic. We're not all apostles, but we are all apostolic. What does that mean? We are all sent people. We are all people that God has rescued from the way of the world, from the dissipation and the flood of field. We have all been turned back to God through Jesus Christ, and then He sends us back into the world. To a world that questions and say, turn down for what? Why cease living for self and temporary pleasures? And because we're sent back into the world, we are all apostolic. We're all people sent on a mission. And a very important mission. A mission of mercy. A mission of grace. A mission of love. A mission of power that can transform not just homes and individual hearts, but can transform entire cities and nations. Can I hear an amen? Paul's life and pattern of example can speak to all of us who are sent as Jesus' disciples into the world around us. See, as people who have been sent back into the world, we are to manifest the blessedness of being turned to God. The blessedness of having a relationship with the living God. 
and His Son, Jesus Christ. See, this is the blessedness that we are to demonstrate to the world that we're sent back into. It's not that we don't go through trials. It's not that we don't go through hardships. It's not that we don't experience the same cares of life. It's not that we're never hard-pressed. It's not that we're never downtrodden. It's not that we don't experience the same emotions as unbelievers. The blessedness that we demonstrate is while in the midst of all of it or any of it, we have the experience of knowing God and being known by God. We have a relationship with the Creator of all things while going through anything. That's the true blessedness. That's the true blessing you read about Scripture of having your sins forgiven so you can be in right standing with God and have a relationship with Him. And we demonstrate this blessedness of being turned from the ways of this world to God in a relationship with His Son, Jesus Christ. And not only do we manifest this blessedness as we're sent back into the world, but as we'll learn and see today, as sent people into the world, we can also learn to turn it out. And that's what I'm going to talk to the rest of our time together about turning it out and what I mean by that. See, Paul, as a pattern, modeled a very important perspective, a very important characteristic of the nature of Christ. Paul learned the importance of whatever he was going through to be turned out. Paul learned that whatever he had been through, whatever he was going through, he learned that it was the nature of Christ to turn it outward for the purpose of the kingdom of God. This is the example. See, as preachers, we have a little mental advantage. As preachers who are called by God to be vessels to communicate His truth to other brothers and sisters or people, we understand that every so many days there's going to be people depending on encountering the living Lord and hearing from the Father through us. What that means is, is we go through life thinking about how can I turn out what I'm seeing? How can I turn out what I'm hearing? How can I turn out what I'm going through? What my marriage is going through? What my emotions are going through? What I'm going through with my children? How can I turn out every circumstance I experience for the furtherance of the gospel? We have that advantage. Why? Because that is part of our calling. We know that there's people dependent on hearing and encountering the God through what God's called us to do. But here's the case. It's not just to be preachers that lives with that mindset. That's why Paul says, yes, I'm a preacher, a teacher, an apostle. But my life is an example and a pattern for all of you Philippi and all of you DP Woodstock. What is the pattern? That you start living life thinking about what I'm going through, what I've been through, what I'm experiencing, the emotional range I'm going through, the difficulties, how I can turn all of that outward for the benefit of the kingdom of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Can you imagine if everybody in here thought about that in this work this week, that there's people expecting me to give a defense for the gospel that I believe in? Could you imagine how you would walk through life if you knew your co-workers and your family members and your neighbors were expecting that your life would preach a sermon that in the midst of trial, in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of hardships, that your life would declare the blessedness of knowing God in the midst of trials? Could you imagine how you would look at life and look at what you went through if you understood 
that this week and next week and the following week that the people around you were going to expect to hear from you about the goodness of Jesus Christ. You would live with this mentality that Paul lived with. You would live with the mentality of how do I turn this out? How do I turn it outward for the advancement of the kingdom of God? the gospel of Jesus Christ for the glory of God, for the fame and the worship of God. For example, notice what Paul says in Philippians 1.12. He says, but I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. Paul wants the believers in Philippi to know something. He wants them to know that what happened to him, that what he went through, that what he's going through, that the prison he's sitting in at the moment he's writing it, that all things were actually were turned out. Turned out for what? Turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. Even his current imprisonment is turned outward for the furtherance of the gospel. This amazes me. Does it amaze anybody else? That Paul was so clear that his story was a part of a bigger story. That what was happening to him was within a bigger story that God was writing. And because he was so clear on that point, it became evident to unbelievers around him that what was happening to him was for the furtherance of the gospel. Could you imagine if you lived with that mindset? that it became evident to those watching your life, to your co-workers and, and those you go to school with and go to college with and your family and distant relatives watching you, that it became evident to them that what you were going through was all for the furtherance of the kingdom of God and the gospel because you lived with this mindset and this mentality of turning it out for the glory of God. Turning it out. This is why Paul in the very next verse in Philippians 1.13 he says, So that it has become evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ. So when we ask the question, turned out for what? Paul says, number one, you got to understand that what I've been through and what I'm going through, number one, it turned out for the furtherance of the gospel furtherance of the gospel. Paul gives us an example how the same can happen in our life as followers of the way Jesus Christ. See, Scripture talking about itself, you know what it says? It says it's given to you to instruct and encourage you and comfort you. How does it comfort you? How does it give you hope? Here's why. We find comfort and hope in the many stories contained in the Scriptures. Stories like Abraham and Moses and Jeremiah and Paul and disciples of Jesus and followers of Jesus like Joseph and Jacob. Stories that show how despite great trials and despite great hardships and despite great tribulation and despite great difficulties how God still furthered His glory through what they went through. How God still furthered His fame and His kingdom and His gospel through what we see they went through. We find comfort of how so many of them demonstrate the pattern of turning what they went through outward for the furtherance of the gospel. I want to tell some of you today that the Holy Spirit wants to comfort you and encourage you 
through the pattern, through the life of Paul and the pattern you see in Scripture to learn that what you're going through to how to turn it outward for the furtherance of the kingdom of God. Secondly, we see that Paul says when you think about turning it out for what and the example and the pattern he gives us is secondly for further healthy body interdependence. That the things Paul went through and the things Paul are going through were turned out for further healthy interdependence with other brothers and sisters, members of the same body. See, listen to me. This is practically what Paul teaches the Corinthians. This is the practical outworking. When Paul tells the Corinthians that the eye can't say to the foot, I have no need of thee. And the foot can't say to the eye, you have no value to me. Paul teaches them that there is to be a healthy interdependence on the body of Christ, that though we are many members, we're one body. One body. Because notice what Paul says. Paul says, my deliverance, look at Philippians 1.19. Philippians 1.19. For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. So Paul tells the Philippians, I want you to know something, that all that's happened to me has been turned outward for the furtherance of the gospel and the kingdom of God. But I also, I know something. I know that my deliverance will come, how? Through your prayers and the supply of the Spirit. What's he saying? He's saying that what I'm going through demonstrates the need for further healthy interdependence on brothers and sisters. That's what he's saying. Because notice what Paul says. He says, the prayers of other members of the body of Christ plus Paul's faith and expectation becomes the door for the supply of the Holy Spirit to move in Paul's situation. Are we not to stand in faith with other brothers and sisters for what God has for them? Absolutely. And this is what Paul is saying. I think about some of you that turned out here to the gathering today. That despite losing an hour of sleep, and you all got blessed a little more, but the first gathering was raining as we all came in. And I think, why why did people come? What did they turn out for? I hope you didn't just turn out to check off your checklist some work. I hope you didn't just come to ease your conscience. Listen, I hope you turned out to understand that this is a place to encounter the living God. I hope today that you turned out here to the gathering as an opportunity that where there's been darkness, the anointing of the Holy Spirit can give you light. That where there's been bondages and where there's been brokenness, the power of God can touch that area and cause the desert and dark places to bloom again. I hope that you're not just here to look all together, but I hope you understand that dwelling place when we gather, that this is an operating room for the great physician. That we have some sickness and we have some issues, but we have turned out to encounter the Lordship of Jesus that's greater than what we've been through, that's greater than what we've done to ourselves, that's greater than what others have done to, that we're turned out here to encounter the living Lord Jesus who's worthy of it all. Let me hear an amen. Paul says in Philippians 1.23, for I'm hard-pressed. Someone say hard-pressed. 
Something my clothes never say. They just stay hung if they need to be ironed. Just being honest with you. If you've ever wondered, if you've ever wondered how I end up on Sundays wearing what I wear, you got the answer right there. Whatever don't need to be hard-pressed. Paul says, for I'm hard-pressed. Ever, anybody ever been hard-pressed before? For I'm hard-pressed between the two. Having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Paul says, I'm hard-pressed. And this is the question that hit me and the question I present to you and the question I present to all of us. What do we do when we are hard-pressed? Paul said, I got two desires. I got two ways I can go. I got two choices. How do I know what to do? How do I know what to do in the pressing? When the pressures of life are around me? How do I know what to choose when there's two options? I'll tell you the answer. You turn it out. How do you deal when you have choices of the way to take? You turn it out. What do you do when you're hard pressed? You turn it out. You turn it outward. Listen, so that it's no longer about just what you are going through. What do you do when you're hard pressed? You turn it outward. So that it's no longer just about what you're going through. It's no longer just about what you're experiencing. It's no longer just about what is best for you or what is just best for yourself. Listen, this is the pattern. This is the pattern, Paul says, that he modeled and he calls us to in Christ. What is the pattern? You turn it outward towards others. Turn it outward towards others. I was watching right before I went to bed last night. I, I caught this little mini documentary on Wayan Gabriel. He's a University of Kentucky basketball player, which I obviously am a fan of. But he's just a little bit taller than me, okay, for the record. But he was born in Sudan. He was born in a Christian family that lived in a primarily Muslim part of Sudan. Sudan was a war-torn country. And in this interview, Wayne talks about how there's difficulties, difficulties of practice and difficulties of the pressure of being at the all-time winningest basketball program and, and just pressure. And what he said is, I found in the difficult times that the ability to persevere just for me is not enough. See, he's on to something, whether he knows it or not. He's touching the pattern. He said, when it, things get so difficult for me, and there's not just a reason for me to press on just for me, he said, I think about my mama. I think about my cousin, who was my best friend that died when we were 10, who fell in the river that, where we lived. He said, I think about my brother. I think about the Su Sudan, Sudanese community up north in America where they moved into our country. See, you know what he did when things got hard-pressed and difficult? He turned it towards others. It's the same for you and I. This is what Paul modeled. When you turn it outward towards others, listen, it will lead to the way out. When you're hard-pressed and you don't know which way to turn, you don't know what to do, when you turn it outwards to be about others, the way that you should take becomes clear. 
the choice to make will become clear. And you know what Paul calls this pattern? You know what he calls it? The mind of Christ. Philippians 2.5, notice what he says. He says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Paul gives us details, more details about this process of turning it out. Turning it outward, not for others and for the furtherance of the gospel and for further healthy interdependence upon other members of the body of Christ. And he gives us further details about this mind of Christ, this pattern. He says in Philippians 1 and 23, For I'm hard-pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. And Being confident of this, I know that I shall remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy of faith, that your rejoicing for me may be more abundant in Jesus Christ by my coming to you again. Notice what he did. He's hard-pressed. He's thinking, should I leave and go be with Christ? Is my ministry over? Is this the end of my life? Is me being in prison the end of my race? Is there no more fruitfulness? Have I reached the end of why Christ has laid hold of me? Or should I continue in the body so that more fruitfulness can come, so more people can serve? And when Paul turned it outward, the way became clear. And he said, to remain is more needful for you Philippian believers. Paul said, because I need to remain for your progress and your joy of faith. You see what he's doing there? He's turning it outwards. He's not just thinking what will give him the most joy. He's not just thinking about what would cause him to progress. He's thinking about, as he turns it outward about others, what will lead to others experiencing joy, what will lead to others progressing in the faith. And he says, for your rejoicing. Paul didn't just think about when he's hard-pressed between decisions and life choices, what would make him rejoice. He thought about the brothers and sisters, the Philippian church, about what would cause them to rejoice. And then he says in Philippians 2.17, for the sacrifice and service of your faith. Paul's turning it outwards. And when he turns it outwards, he begins to know that this isn't the end. He begins to have faith and expectancy arrive that I'm not going to die in this prison, that there's more fruitfulness for me, and my race is not finished yet. See, listen, when your pressing gets turned outward, others progress in the faith. This is how the kingdom advances. God allows you and I to be at hard pressed at times. And the hard pressing is so that we begin to fall into the pattern where the mind of Christ gets formed in us. And what does the pattern in the mind of Christ look like when we're hard pressed? We take what's pressing us and our difficulties and we turn it outward of how can the gospel further advance through it and how can others be served through what I'm going through. I've come from a divorced family, but what do you do? You turn it outward. How can it advance the kingdom of God and serve others who's been through a divorce? I've made failures. Satan's came in like a flood at times, you may say. How do you turn it outwards? How can I take the lessons God has taught me and mentor and teach others so that they don't have to learn the hard way in the same way that I learned? This is how you turn it out for the furtherance of the kingdom and turn it out for the benefit of others. This is the pattern. Let me ask you a question this morning. You ever been blessed by the Lord through another person? Then you need to be clear on something. You were blessed because when they were pressed, they turned it outward. 
because that's the pattern. If you've ever been blessed through a vessel and another person that the Lord used, you've got to understand you were blessed because there were some things they went through before. There were some times and seasons they went through before. And in that hard pressing, they didn't just keep making it about themselves. They learned to take what pressed them and turn it outward. And therefore, because they turned their hard pressing outward, we then get blessed because of it. See, here's the point I'm trying to tell you. When you reject self, others will rejoice because of your sacrifice. That's the pattern. Oh, I think about Jesus, the ultimate pattern. What do we see Jesus? That He rejected self and He went to the cross and He obeyed the Father and we stand and sit here today blessed, redeemed, reconciled to our Creator because when Jesus was hard-pressed in the place of pressing in the Garden of Gethsemane, He turned it outwards about our joy, about the joy of the Father. This is the pattern. This is the mind of Christ. Your pressing is being turned out for the furtherance of the gospel when you have been turned to think about the needs of others in the midst of your difficulty. That's how you know that you're turning it out. That's how you know you're embracing the pattern that Paul says that we modeled. Note those that model the same pattern. Because listen to me. If you don't allow your pressing to turn you outward towards others, then by default, listen, you will turn inward towards yourself. You will become a navel gazer. And all you will do is become consumed with your emotions, with your thoughts, with your desires, with what you're going through, the darkness you're in, the struggles you're in. And listen, here's the thing. Do you know why if you drink too much of certain substances that it, it, it makes you off balance and makes you sick? Because it's poison. And you know why it becomes poison? Because when you keep anything bottled up in one container long enough, that is the fermentation process and it becomes poison. And here's the point for you and I. When you keep bottled up what you're going through and make it all about you and keep it within you and you don't turn it out, listen, you begin to poison yourself. This is why when you go through depression and depression and you don't feel like getting out of the home, you don't like being around other people, that's the very thing you need to do because God's ways are not our ways. And when we're going through hard pressing and difficulties, we begin to get inwardly focused, but the very thing we need to do is turn it outward. How can I use it to be a blessing to others? It teaches us further healthy inner dependence upon other brothers and sisters in the Lord. In the Lord. When Paul turned it outward, not only did it lead to further healthy interdependence upon the body of Christ, but it led to him achieving a confidence. It allowed faith and expectation to be birthed. It allowed that to be formed in him. And that's why in Philippians 2 and verse 3, let's put it all together now. Notice what he says. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. But in lowliness of mind, that's the mind of Christ, let each esteem others better than himself. It's a great thing to pray over yourself, by the way, and make it personal and put your name in there. But in lowliness of mind, let Chad esteem others better than Chad. Let each of you, here it is, look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. 
See, this is the good work being completed. One of my favorite verses I pray uh, almost daily for you and this church is Philippians 1.6 where he says, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Guess what the good work is? It's having the mind of Christ formed in you. It's learning the pattern that when you're hard-pressed, turn it outward. Turn it outward for the furtherance of the gospel. Turn it outward for further healthy dependence on other brothers and sisters. Turn it outward because this is the mind of Christ that when you have choices in life, when you got to make decisions, when you're hard-pressed, don't just think about what's best for you, but look out not only for your own interest, but also the interest of others. For this is the pattern, this is the mind of Christ being formed in you. See, I know some of you are being pressed, but why don't you turn it outwards so others can be blessed? I know some of you are in difficulties and you're being pressed and there's pressures and difficulties, but why don't you allow how you're being pressed and turn it outwards so that others can be blessed? This is the way out. It was the way out for Paul. It was the way that created faith and expectancy where he knew, yes, I'm in a prison right now, but I'm not going to remain in this prison. I haven't reached my final course. I haven't finished my race yet. And there is more fruitfulness and fruitful days ahead of me in the Lord. I think about Joseph. You remember Joseph? Joseph is in the prison press. He's in prison and the prison is pressing him. And what is he doing? He's turning it outward. He's interpreting and serving others' dreams for them while being in the prison. Then he gets in the public press. I mean, he's getting tweets about him and articles because now he's second in command in the government. So he's constantly in the government press of what's being put out there. But what does he do when he's in that spotlight, when he's in the public press of government? Listen, he's still interpreting and serving other people's dreams. He begins to store up food so that others in the nations don't starve. This is the pattern we see even with Joseph. Joseph learned to turn it outward. He told his brothers, and he said, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. What's what's he saying? I learned to turn it outwards. When he had a chance to be reconciled with his brothers, he didn't seek revenge, though they hated him. You know what? happened, he learned further dependence that he needed his family just like it teaches us we need the family of God and he forgave them and he blessed them and he reconciled with them and he embraced them even after the wrong they did him. So what are we saying? Casey, number one, whatever you're being hard pressed in, turn it for the furtherance of the gospel. And here's what I wanted to tell some people. You don't have to wait until until you're done with all the hard pressing to turn it outward. You turn it outward right in the midst of the emotions and the difficulty and you start turning it out towards others and you tell others the goodness of God and you say how can you use what you're going through to be a blessing to comfort and to encourage co-workers and people in the community and neighbors around you and family members right in the midst of your pressing turn it outward and start serving others. If not you'll never get out of your cave. You'll never get out of your prison. You'll get so inward focused and you'll become more poisonous, more damaging to yourself. Then he says, further healthy body interdependence. That's why it says, confess your faults to one another that you may be healed. 
There's times God allows hard pressing in our life to teach us further healthy interdependence on Christ and other brothers and sisters. That's why it's Christ in us, the hope of glory. It's not just the Christ in you. It's not just the Christ in me. It's the Christ in us that is the hope of nations. We're one body yet many members. I can't say to the hand, I have no need of thee. And then thirdly, we see, Paul says, let it cause you to go further forward and let it lead to further pressing. I think about some of you who've learned what I'm talking about and you've learned to take the difficulties of life and where you've been hard pressed and to turn it outward for the furtherance of the kingdom of God. You've you've allowed your past and you've allowed the hurts and you've allowed the things you've been through to become a way to tell people of the saving power of Jesus Christ that there's no excuse though you were born on this side of the tracks though you came from this family though you made these choices that the grace of God is still sufficient to take all that went wrong and make it right you've turned it outward for the furtherance of the kingdom you've turned outward in healthy interdependence and relationships with others but some of you are wondering is there more and I'm telling you the Lord is saying go further forward and allow what you're going through to press you further. Notice what he says in Philippians 3 and verse 13. This is the conclusion of what Paul comes to for him. While in prison and while looking at his past and what the fruitfulness and what the Lord's done in him and thinking about his future. He says, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. Notice that. And reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press towards the goal. Everybody say goal. For the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Any basketball fans for March Madness? Selection Sunday? Well, listen. Paul says, I got a goal. Basketball, they have a goal. The point is to score. But one team will often press the other team. And when the team that's being pressed responds to the pressure by looking down they'll have turnovers more of the players of the other team will come and surround them there will be a greater trap greater difficulty greater pressure more mistakes more failures the only way for them to respond when they're being pressed by the other team is to look forward towards the go. And what you'll find is when a person who's being pressed looks forward towards the go, oftentimes they'll find a person wide open under the go. And they'll be able to move that ball forward further and for an easy layup. And that's the same thing for some of you and for me and for us here today. You're being hard pressed and the devil would love to use everything that's pressing you to get you navel gazing focused on your interests, focused on your needs, focused on your wants but the way is to look forward to the high calling that's on your life that you are being pressed so that you press further so that others can be blessed through your life. That there's a community around us, D.P. Woodstock that will experience more rejoicing, more joy, more benefit, more progress when we allow how we're being pressed to turn us outward on how can we be a blessing to those around us. And here's another point you see Paul saying here. Paul learned it. This is the pattern. When I turn it outward, 
for the furtherance of the gospel, I can be enabled to forget the pain of things behind. Paul says, one thing I do is forgetting the things that are behind. Why? Because he's now turned out the pain of his past and turned out the pain of his imprisonment for the furtherance of the gospel. It's not about me. It's about his glory and for the furtherance of healthy interdependence with other brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. So I can let go of the pain. I want to tell some people today, I can tell you personally from the, from the other side of some pressing and some seasons of pressing that it's worth it. Say, so what do you mean, Pastor Chad? When you turn what you're going through outward, you will discover that the pain you're going through is worth the purpose of God getting into the lives of others. When I see God strengthen marriages, when I see people that are lost get saved, when I see the people get healed and delivered, I never once say, oh, if I could go back and change the pain I went through. Listen, you'll find yourself when you see others being blessed through Christ living through you, you'll find that it was always worth the pain of the press. It is worth the pain of the press for others to be blessed, for others to progress in their faith, for others to come to know the goodness of Jesus Christ, the power of the gospel, the wisdom of God. It's like the woman with the issue of blood. There was a crowd around her, but she allowed the pressure of the crowd around her to press her towards Jesus. This is the mind of Christ. Let what's pressing you and allow it to cause you to press towards Jesus. You want to make the enemy realize how absolute defeated he is in your life? Take what he sent into your life to press you and allow it instead of to push you back and become self-focused, allow that pressure to press you towards Jesus. Allow it to cause you to grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord. Because when I turn being hard-pressed outward, listen, I can press further in the call of God. Notice, he said reaching forward. He didn't say running forward. He said reaching forward. Why? Because the just live by faith. And we reach forward. We know that God has more. We know that there's open doors. We know that there's more fruitfulness. We know there's more people that's going to be reached. We know there's more churches that need to be planted. We know there's more homes that need to know the hope of the gospel. We know there's other people asking, is there a God that God wants to send us to? But we got to reach forward by faith. He don't show us all the plan while we're sitting. It's as we reach forward by faith. We walk by faith. I know there's more. And there's times it feels like it's going slower than we wanted it to. But we're still reaching forward by faith. There's an expectation. And it's in these moments that it's to press us further and understand. Brothers, where are you? I need you. I'm not completely sure on what God's doing, brothers in Christ. But I, I, I'm expecting, I'm reaching forward, I'm, I'm pressing forward in the call of God. And brothers, I, I need you to help me. Will you stand with me as I wait for clarity? Brothers, will you help me? Where are you, brothers? I need you. I can't do it alone. I can't find what God has next. But I'm expecting, where are you? Literally, brothers, where are you? Help me. I need a brother. I need someone that will stand with me. 
It's pressed me to further dependence. Come on, where are you at? Where are you at? Get me back into my place. Get me back to where I'm to take what I've been through and what I've been pressing in. To the place of influence you've given me. Thank you, brother. Some of you are being hard-pressed, but it's all to get you to start reaching. Reaching forward by faith in the area of your context, in the area of your influence, in the area of your family, in the area of your job to press further for the kingdom of God, for healthy interdependence with others. It leads us back to Philippians 3.17, brethren, joining in. Someone say join in. Join in and following my example. You have us for a pattern. I want to tell some people you're here today because the Lord is saying join in. Join in in turning it outward for the furtherance of the gospel. Join in in seeing how God can take the pressing and cause more oil to come out of your life. Join in in the pattern of having the mind of Christ formed in you. Join in. Thank you so much for listening to this week's message. If you would like more information about our church, be sure to visit us on the web at dwellingplacemovement.org.